you. After I had really no intentions uh, last week of really speaking on what I'm going to speak today until I began to have conversations and the Lord began to deposit some things in my heart. And as I was driving to a meeting, uh, first part of the week, uh, headed to Ohio for a meeting, uh, the Lord just began to deposit some things and I was just having a little bit of time, me and him going down the road together. And that's where this is birthed from. And uh, I know it's Christmas season, and we'll, we'll preach a Christmas message, Lord willing, next Sunday. Uh, but today, I, I want to talk to us about a, uh, a time in which we're living. And uh, I'm just going to give you a question this morning, and I pray that all of us will be able to answer it honestly uh, before the Lord. Uh, but uh, before I read my text this morning... I want to give you a quote that uh, some of you probably have heard before, but William Booth, who was a, a, a man that was used in his generation, he was a man that was really after the heart of God, but he prophetically made a statement concerning days that would follow him. And I believe the days that he was speaking of is the day in which we are living in this very moment. And you'll understand why I say that when I read this quote that he made. He said this, The chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. And when you really said and you digest what he was speaking of and understanding when he wrote that and said that, having foreknowledge, I believe, by the power of the Holy Spirit concerning the century in which we're in right now, I can tell you today, we are in an hour. Yes, we can talk about darkness. We can even talk about gross darkness today. But I believe one of the, one of the things we must understand that we're dealing with right now in every avenue of life, and even unfortunately within the body of Christ, and I'll say that term loosely there uh, because I should say it this way probably within the church world. We know the body of Christ is pure, so I should say within the church world, and that is this, that we are dealing with the spirit of deception. Everybody wants their opinion to be known. Everybody thinks that they're right, and everybody wants everybody to look to them, per se, when it comes to their theology and their thought process. Now, I'm thankful for men and women that God has given great insight to, that he has prophetically revealed things to, so I'm not speaking against that. I believe that. But however, this morning, I believe it's important that we understand that we should not put all of our stock in men, but we should always be sensitive to the Word of God and the leading of His Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is leading you, please hear me today, it will never take you into a place where you are contradicting the Word of God because the Word and the Spirit always works together. Don't matter how much you love me, doesn't matter how much you think that I'm, I'm a good preacher or whatever. Doesn't matter what your opinion is. But if you, if you say, oh, that was wonderful, you better check what I say to the word of the Lord. Don't follow me. But follow me only if I am following the word of God and following the leading of the Holy Spirit. The moment that I go against the word and I go against the spirit, then you don't need to follow me. Amen? All right. So that's... So I, I, I want to be transparent and honest with you, and that goes for whoever we're speaking of. So I'm not saying this just about others, but I'm saying that about myself this morning. So I'm going to ask a question of us today, and it's a very simple question, and it's going to be our text today, and that question is this, who's leading you? Who's leading you? So Acts chapter number 8, verse number 26, we're going to jump right in the middle of a story and uh, I, I, I want to tie all this together this morning. Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through the following. And it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. Tell your neighbor, said, Somebody talk to Philip. 
saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Tell your neighbors that that's not a real good place to go. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. And he was returning when was sitting in his chariot, and he was reading Isaiah, the prophet's words that had been written. And then we find in 29, it says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, say, somebody talk to Philip. He said, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandeth thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I? except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for its anointing. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that's in this room today. Lord, we pray that there would be not a distraction today in this house, but there would be a, just a focus by the Holy Spirit for all of us to look at our lives and the Lord to allow you to speak into it. And Lord, today we'll give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You will find that if you wish to read on from verse 32 through verse number 40, for the sake of time, I will not read all of that this morning, but you will find that the passage of Scripture that this man was reading, he was talking and reading about where it says that he was led as a sheep to the slaughter like a lamb dumb before his shears. And he begins to ask Philip, he said, who's he talking about? What's this really, what, what's this really entail? And Philip opened up his mouth in verse number 35, and it says that he began in the same scripture, and he began to preach unto him Jesus. And as they began to go along in the chariot, we find that they came upon a pool of water in the desert, and they, he said, there's water, what? prohibits me from being baptized. And Philip said, there's nothing to hinder you as long as you believe with all of your heart. And when you read the rest of the story, you know that that man believed in his heart and they stepped down out of that chariot and he was baptized. And then the spirit of the Lord picked up Philip and transported him, teleported him, I'll say. There you go, Jay. He teleported him to a different location and he never saw him again. Now, this is a very amazing story. and There's many things we could talk about. But I want to stay focused this morning on this question, who's leading you? Our key verses is found in verse 26 and 29. It says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. But then in verse number 29, it says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. This time in history is a time in which there was a lot of movement and a lot of noise taking place, much like taking place in our world today. Have you noticed that it's very noisy? Everybody has something to say. Saul, who would be later known as Paul, in this time, in this season, he was a young man that was pursuing and making havoc for the church. You can read in Acts chapter 8 and verse number 3, it says that he made havoc of the church and he did that by entering into every house of believers and he was hollering to them and compelling them and trying to just uh, upend their lives in such a manner that he committed them to prison and many lost their lives because of Saul's bigger approach to stuff out what was taking place in Jerusalem. We also know that he was not the only one that was behaving in this manner. Because when you look at the beginning of chapter number 8 and verse number 1, you find it says, and it was at that time, this time that we're reading about, that there was a great persecution against the church. And we find that while the message of Christ was touching the hearts of many, there was a great resistance to what was taking place. And therefore, they said, we must stifle them. And please hear me, most of the resistance that was coming at this time was not from the average man or woman that was unbelievers, but it was from the religious leaders 
of the day. So therefore we find that it had become so intense in this time that there began to be such an enraging of attitude. There was such demonic presence that was beginning to manifest. If you was to read in Acts chapter 7, verse 54 through verse 60, you would read of a man by the name of Stephen been stoned to death. They took him and they ran him out of the city. And they began to just scream and cry aloud and they began to stone him. But uh, Stephen, we know this about him. If you read a little earlier in the book of Acts, you will find that he was a man of good report. He was a man full of the Holy Ghost. He was a man that was accepted uh, to be one that served to the, the, to the people the day-to-day needs. And alongside him was Philip. And we find that as him and, and these men were serving the people, there was such an outrageous outburst of anger that they began to just be moved uh, into a place of anger, into a rage when they heard Philip preaching the gospel. Now, this event uh, and the persecution against the church at this time began to cause there to be a shift in the atmosphere. Something began to happen. And what happened was that there began to be a scattering. It says in verse number four, it says, therefore that they were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching the word. Meaning this, the very thing that the enemy was doing was trying to silence the message uh, of Christ, began to make it flourish, uh, and therefore it, it was no longer contained to Jerusalem, but therefore it began to go into all the region and all of the cities around. Now stay with me, I know I'm teaching a little bit this morning, which brings me to the man in our text today. Philip was one of them who left the city. You find in verses 5 through 8, it says, Then Philip had went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Notice this. He leaves Jerusalem where there's great persecution. His friend, his partner in ministry has just been stoned to death. He finds great persecution amongst the church. And now he flees Jerusalem and he goes into Samaria. And when he goes there, he begins to preach Jesus unto them. I think he had the same issue that Jeremiah had. It was like fire shut up in his bones. He couldn't stay quiet about it. But when he began to preach the word and the people began to be open to it, there began to be miracles. Notice there was a manifestation of the power of God. And notice what was happening when he began to preach in this city. It says, for unclean spirits crying with loud voices, Voices came out of many that were possessed with them, and many that was taken with palsies was delivered. Uh, many that were lame was healed, uh, and it says there was great joy in that city. How many knows that sounds a lot better than Jerusalem concerning the events of the time that we found ourselves in? Philip found himself in a place in which God was moving in the hearts of the people and after they had heard and received the gift of salvation, the place was experiencing a shift. We would call it a revival. How refreshing this must have been for Philip. Notice he had just witnessed his friend uh, be slaughtered. His ministry partner is stoned to death uh, due to the message that he was sharing, but yet this message was having a different impact with this group of people. And what an emotional time it must have been for him because can I remind you, he was just a man. Yet we see him make a decision to continue to share this glorious gospel, not knowing if the message would be received, but his willingness to give of this glorious message that he had encountered for himself began to cause a city to witness a wave of deliverance. What do you think would happen if we was in this moment right now and began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ with such power and such conviction that there began to be a loud voice of many that was possessed with devils began to scream out because they had to flee bodies if those that were sick and stricken in body began to pick up their beds and began to walk, wonder what would happen. There would be a shift in this atmosphere, not just in this house, but in this city. And not just in this city, but in this region. Philip found, him in this, him found himself in a place in which God was moving in the hearts of the people. And after they had heard and received the gift of salvation, this place was shifting. Meaning, however... 
this refreshing must have been for Philip, it was in this moment that he heard something. Now, we see upon hearing what was taking place in Samaria, the apostles that stayed in Jerusalem said, we need to go look and see what's going on. And they sent Peter and John. For the sake of time, I can't read all of it this morning, but if you read through verses 14 and 17, you will find that Peter and John comes to the city of Samaria because the people that had received salvation had not yet received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they began to talk to them about it. So, well, we don't even know really what you're talking about, but it says this, they laid hands on them and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And therefore, then after them receiving that, receiving the power of God into their lives, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem. God is moving. People are walking with power and authority. The place is shaken. There's great joy in the city. Sounds like a place I'd like to stay for a while. But right in the middle of this, Philip hears a voice, which takes me back to verse number 26. It says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza. Oh, by the way, it's a desert. Now, how many knows that's a good time to say, I don't think I'm going to listen to God today? I just watched everybody else get beat up. I just watched Stephen get stoned. Now I come to a city and they are receiving me. They like me. They like my message. I'm seeing people delivered and set free. I'm seeing people that need a miracle get a miracle. And now the angel of the Lord comes and says, I need you to leave this place and I need you to go down to Gaza. Here's what we would do today. Lord, I know that's not you. Lord, I know you've missed it. You're talking to somebody else. I don't know why y'all laughing because you know I'm telling you the truth. Because how many knows that when you get into a good place, you don't like to leave it? Especially when you can say, man, God's doing something. God's moving. Get us and notice. Uh, and you have to remember, he had just witnessed this great oppression. He had just witnessed the loss of Stephen. But yet now he's in a place where the atmosphere is filled with great joy. Listen, and now the angel of the Lord comes to him and says this, Philip, I need you to leave this place. Now, now, I want this to settle in because this is real life, folks. I want to ask you the question, who's leading you? It would have been very easy in that moment for Philip to simply say, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm putting down roots right here. Lord, I've never seen it like this before. I've never seen this many people delivered. I've never seen this many people healed. I've never seen this many people be so excited and receive the baptism. Lord, you are doing something and I want to be right in the middle of it and I'm not moving. I'm sorry, I'm not going anywhere. How many knows that would be disastrous for him? But how many knows all of us are guilty of doing that? And then we want to blame God for our mess. Oh, you don't want me to preach that this morning. Please hear me. Remember, he's human, just like you and I. And I'm sure that some of these thoughts was going through his head. Lord, are you sure? Lord, these people are my kind of people. They need me. But it is in this move of God that Philip was being called to. Notice this. To the desert of Gaza. Because God was already moving and knew that there was one who was in need that nobody else was going to be able to reach. Please hear me. In Acts 8, 27, this is one of the greatest parts of this story. After the angel of the Lord had spoke to Philip, this is, notice what he says. It says, and he arose and he went. Why did Philip leave the place of Samaria, when it's in the middle of an outpouring of the power of God, is because he allowed the Spirit to lead him. I want to ask you this morning, who's leading you? You're going to hear me ask you that multiple times. It says, he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia was there, and he was reading of the book of Isaiah, and he had no idea what he was reading. Notice, his willingness to be led caused him to walk where most refused to go. You know why there's some that's not been reached yet, that's not surrendered yet? is because there's too many people disobedient this morning 
that's already received the glorious message. There is a lot of people in a desert today, can I tell you, but you and I have a responsibility to reach them. Listen, we don't get to pick and choose where we're going to labor. We just have to be willing to labor. Listen, I'm grateful for the times uh, and the places of comfort that God will allow us to go and visit and stay for a moment to be refreshed. Uh, But listen, that's not what this life is about. Uh, This is about being led by the Spirit of God in such a manner that we get to where God wants us to be. Notice it was in this moment that Philip hears a voice again. He's already heard the angel of the Lord speak to him and said, I want you to go down to the desert down at Gaza. I want you to leave everything that's going on right now. But then when he gets down there, then it says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Can I tell you, it's an exciting way to live if you allow the Spirit of the Lord to lead your life. Now, Philip, when he was willing to respond to the angel of the Lord, but now he's responding to the spirit of the Lord, we find that he joins himself, and as we already told you this morning, that he joined himself to this chariot. He began to expound on the word of the Lord that was been read, and we find that there was a man that was baptized and received God that would not have ever been reached if somebody had not been willing to be led by the spirit of God. Now, we see because of all of this, Something drastically changed. I share this with us today simply to remind us that we have been given a gift that will guide us just like Philip in his life. Jesus was speaking to his followers shortly before he finds himself at Pilate's Hall and going through what he did at Calvary. And this is what he said in John chapter 16, verse number 7 and the following. He's speaking and he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. How many knows the truth is important? Because the truth will what? It will set you free. Please hear me. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. But notice verse number 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. But however... When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come, and he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. Now, that's a good place to shout right there. Because what he was simply saying is this, uh, I have to go away. I have to finish the work. I have to finish the task that my father has given me. I've got to go do what I've got to do in the very near future. And you're not even going to understand all of it. But once I complete it, once I ascend back to the father, then the Holy Spirit is going to descend uh, and he is going to set up on you. uh, And yes, he's going to empower you, but he is going to lead you. How many knows that's a good place to be? And we find that not only did Jesus speak in this manner in John 16, but in John 14, in verse 26 and 27, he says this, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Uh, and whatsoever I've said unto you, he said, peace I leave unto you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, but I, he said, let not your heart be troubled, let it neither be afraid. Can I tell you, when you are been led by by the Spirit of God, uh, you do not have to give place to fear. Uh, You do not have to be anxious for nothing uh, because how many knows uh, if the Spirit of God is leading you, he is not speaking of himself, uh, but he is relating to you what he's hearing from the Father. uh, And therefore, what he hears from the Father, he speaks to you, uh, and it is always in a line with the Word. uh, And the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path is what David said. And therefore, you and I do not have to be fear 
fearful, uh, but you and I can be comfortable today knowing this, uh, that even though I may have to walk through the valley, uh, even though I may have to scale some mountains, uh, I know this, that the Spirit of God is leading me. uh, And because he's leading me, uh, I am in a place uh, where I am secure. Uh, Can I tell you the old song simply said, I'm sheltered in the arms of God. Uh, I need you to understand uh, that when you allow the Spirit of God to lead you, uh, what you're really doing is laying your life in the arms of Christ uh, and he's going to take you. uh, And if need be, he'll carry you for a season. Uh, But can I tell you, uh, he will not force himself on anyone. Uh, But we know this, the Holy Spirit, uh, he comes to lead, guide, and direct. Uh, He comes to empower and equip us. Uh, But also we know this, uh, he can be grieved. Uh, How is he grieved? Uh, Is when we have a rebellious attitude and say, I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'm going to do it like I want to do it. Uh, But Stephen, uh, he is an example this morning. Uh, And he simply says, Lord, uh, I don't understand why you're moving me from this. Uh, But Lord, I'll go to whatever you're calling me to there. Uh, He had no idea. There wasn't going to be a welcome committee. Uh, There wasn't going to be a a, a city filled with joy where he was going. Uh, But he was going to a desert place. Uh, But there was a lost sheep uh, out in the middle of the desert uh, that nobody knew. Can I tell you, I'm thankful uh, that he'll leave the 99 and still go after the one. Uh, and that needs to be our mindset today as well. Can I tell you, uh, He, you may not understand everything, uh, but if, if you will allow God to lead your life, uh, you might have to go down to a Gaza, uh, and it might not be a very good place, uh, but can I tell you, there might just be one uh, that God has positioned for you uh, to speak the word of life over uh, so that you can see a transformation come to pass. Can I tell you, you and I must hit pause in our life and we must ask this question, what kind of price can you put on just one soul? Think about it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into thy own understanding. But in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thy own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Why does he put that last part in there, but fear the Lord and depart from evil? Can I tell you, anything that goes against the word of God is evil. I'm thankful for the structure of the church. I'm thankful for those that the Lord has placed in our lives to help lead us. But can I caution us today? Please hear me. We find ourselves in a culture filled with new ideals, fresh revelation, increasing wisdom, brilliant minds, charismatic personalities. And they're all telling us that they know. Please hear me. We must allow the word and the spirit of God to be our source. I don't care how brilliant. I don't care how charismatic. I don't care how well the message may seem to be put together. I don't care that somebody says, oh, this is the latest and greatest revelation and we combine this and that and we got this. Listen, we're in a world today that says one plus one can be whatever number you want it to be. But that does not change the reality and the truth that one plus one is two. Please hear me. Don't take everything as gospel. I'm thankful for the structure. I'm thankful for the people that God puts in our lives. But we must be cautioned today to realize that those in positions of power and leadership are just mere men. And if those mere men and women are not giving themselves to an altar of prayer then they are just creating things and it's not been led by the Spirit of God and that's a very dangerous place to be. Quiet on me this morning. We must always weigh everything that is presented to us by the Word. And if it is in alignment with the Word, then we should receive it 
and we should ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us how we're to receive it and how we're to digest it and how we're to move our lives according to it. You never make a change or make a shift because man tells you to. Please hear me. This is why the gift of the Holy Spirit is so important in our lives. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, many of you are familiar with that. It says, but it says, when he, the Holy Spirit, will come, you shall receive power, and you will be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. That's wonderful. We shout about that. That's wonderful. We like to have power. But that's not the only reason for the Holy Spirit. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, he begins to write through there. He says, listen, he said, now there's diversities of the gifts, but he said, it's all by the same Spirit of God. And he begins to teach on this, and he says, there's many diversities of operations of the gifts of the Spirit. He said, don't get hung up on style. Don't get hung up on preference. But know this, the power of the Holy Spirit has come so that you can have power but know this, that we're all members of a body fitly joined together. In verses 8 through 11, he begins to talk about what really comes with this gift of the Holy Spirit. He says there's a word of wisdom that comes. He says to one, there's a word of knowledge. To another, there's faith. To another, the gifts of healing. To another, the working of miracles. To the other, prophecy. To the other uh, is diverse kinds of tongues and interpretations of tongues. But one in there that we don't talk a lot about is this, is the discerning of spirits. Please hear me. One of the greatest gifts that we have by the power of the Holy Spirit in our life is the ability to discern, is this of God or is it not? I understand that we're all growing. I understand that we're all evolving. We're all working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. But can I tell you, if you're over here on this end of the spectrum and then a charismatic personality comes or somebody with a seducing spirit comes and you think it is the spirit and then it moves you all the way to this side and then the next time somebody else comes to town and they move you over here and then you're over here. You are an unstable individual. And can I tell you, God gets no glory out of that. And here's what I'm trying to teach to us this morning. Philip, he simply made a decision in his life that changed everything. And he said, listen, I understand there's a lot of noise in the world in which I live. But I am going to make this decision. I am going to let the voice of God be what moves me and leads me. Even when men don't understand what's taking place. I am sure there was those in Samaria when they heard Philip say, you know what, boys, the Lord is telling me I'm leaving. This is all yours now. I'm sure they were sitting there saying this. That doesn't make any sense, Philip. But Philip, we need you. But Lord God, look what God is doing in the city. The, the city is, to, it, listen, I understand that and I'm grateful for it. But God's saying I have to go here. You read of nobody raising their hand saying, hey, I'll go with you to the desert. But he let the Spirit of God lead him. And when he led him, notice he was not leading him to his permanent place. He just took him on a journey because after that man received what he needed, it says that when they come up out of the water, the man never saw Philip again, but they found Philip in another city. He had another assignment. He just had to go on a journey. Can I tell you, God never wants us just to settle, but God wants us to continue to be led by the Spirit. Notice, think on this with me just for a moment. What would have happened to the man in Gaza with the word in his hand if Philip would have refused to be led by the Spirit of God? I don't think we can truly answer that, but I think we can understand this, that he was a normal man just like you and I, normal human being, and I guarantee that these are a few things that would describe where he would have found himself. Because how many knows that if you pick up something and you're trying to discern what it is and you have no help, you have no guidance, you can become frustrated, you can become confused, you can become overwhelmed, you can become discouraged, you can become disappointed, you can even come to a place where you feel helpless. How many knows that God can't merely move in that manner right there? He needs somebody to come and bring some hope. He needs somebody to come and bring some encouragement. He needs somebody to come and bring some, some perspective. 
And that only happens when we are led. All it took was for one to be willing to be led in order for one who was lost to be found. Can I say that again? All it took was for one to be willing to be led in order for one who was lost to be found. Here's my petition to us today, and I'm closing. They want to come to the music. Will you allow the Lord to lead you? Will you allow his Holy Spirit to guide you so that we, like Philip, can be an instrument of the gospel to those who are lost? Outside of Philip, I guess maybe one of the greatest examples that we could have today Because I'll be honest with you, sometimes when the word of the Lord comes, comes to our lives, it often looks bigger than us. It always appears that, oh, that's beyond us. Or surely, God, you can find somebody else better than me for that. But Lord, that doesn't even make sense. But Lord, there's so many others that's qualified. But how many knows God has a plan? His word says that his ways is higher than our ways. He moves in a manner that we often don't understand. And we'll talk about this next week, Lord willing. But if you were to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter number one, you will find that the angel comes and begins to have a conversation with a young little girl. She was engaged to Joseph and this young girl has an encounter and she begins to hear some words. It's kind of strange. They are highly favored among women. And the conversation begins to unfold and says, you're going to bring forth the son. He's going to be the son of God. He's going to take away the sins of the world. His name will be Emmanuel. All of these things. And she's like, how shall this be? Saying, I know not a man. And the angel begins to speak to her and simply says that the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And that which will come forth of your womb will be the Son of God. What a conversation to try to process in this young mind. But in that moment, Mary made a choice. And her answer should be how we respond when the Lord speaks to us. No matter what it may look like, sound like, feel like in the moment. But in verse number 38, this is what she said. She said, behold the handmaid of the Lord be it unto me according to thy word it says and then the angel departed from her be it unto me according to thy word in that moment something happened in that moment a young girl became impregnated by the Holy Ghost. And Jesus stepped out of heaven and stepped into a womb. And we find that because a young little girl was willing to be led by the things of God you and I have a redeemer today you and I have salvation we have hope, we have healing we have deliverance so don't ever think that your decision doesn't carry weight can I tell you There's been many that came before us. They didn't feel like they had much to offer either. 
but they turned the world upside down multiple times because they simply just said yes. Maybe the world doesn't understand, but it doesn't really need to. You and I just need to understand as men and women of God, we must choose to allow him to lead us. And if he will lead, and if we will follow, we will fulfill the purpose that God has ordained for our lives. And when we take our last breath here and take our first breath there, standing at the gate, we will not have gate trouble, but we will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, come be with me. But it doesn't matter how religious we pretend to be. It doesn't matter how many offerings we give. It doesn't matter how much theological understanding we have. It doesn't matter how many revelations we think we've got. If we never submit and allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit of God, we are in trouble. I was at a funeral of a friend this past week and he was a man that had a booming personality. He was he was just who he was. And I heard these people begin to reflect on his life. Kenny was his name, a former pastor, a man of God, a business owner over in Ohio area. Gave his life for people. They began to read uh, quotes and things of that nature and they honored him very well. But one of the things that really stuck out to me was a young lady that was at the point of no return and had nowhere to go, nothing to nothing. She said, the only place I know to go is to go down to Kenny's place. She went to Kenny's place of business. Kenny didn't judge her. He didn't condemn her. He didn't browbeat her. He simply loved her. And this is, this is what her statement was. She looked into that casket. She's walking by and she looked at his family and said, he saved my life. That man saved my life. You say, how, how, how can a man save somebody's life? Kenny saved her life because Kenny was been led by the Spirit of God. You don't know how many lives you can save if you choose to be led by the Spirit of God. Please hear me. When I said yes to the Lord and I began this path as a young adult man, in the midst of my brokenness, and I said, God, I just, whatever, I'll say yes. Lord, if you'll lead me, I'll follow. I had no idea what my journey would look like. I'm thankful for the journey. But I can tell you this, it's not always been places of roses it's not always been easy but I can look over the scope of my life over the last 25 years and I can tell you today it's worth it even though we haven't done everything perfectly but because of the simple fact that we've been willing to be led by God I can tell you today and I don't say this bragging but I can see across this globe lives that have been touched with the gospel of Jesus Christ because I simply said, yes. Here's my prayer this morning. God, give me the strength to keep saying yes. Lord, continue to let your spirit speak to me because I don't know where to go if you're not talking. 
I don't want to get hung up on something just because it sounds good or because it makes sense. Listen to some things that just doesn't make sense. Philip, leave. Leave Samaria. Go here. I've got something for you that you don't know. Let's not get so comfortable that we won't allow the Spirit to lead us. But if you'll let Him lead you, your life will touch others. And how many knows there's a lot of lives around us that needs to be touched this morning? As we stand all over the house this morning, I want to ask you this question one more time. Who's leading you? Who's leading you? I'm thankful for Mr. Wonderful and Altogether Lovely. I'm thankful for all that they're doing. But what is God telling you to do? What is God speaking to you to do? Sometimes you just have to steal away. Just have to get alone and listen. Here's what I want to say to you this morning. He's not done with you yet. There's breath in your body this morning. He saw fit to give you another day and therefore he doesn't want you to waste this day. He wants you to use this day, this gift that he's given you. He wants you to use it today to bring glory and honor to him. So who's leading you? Please hear it's today. If we will allow him to lead us, he will be faithful to speak to us. And we will live a life that brings glory and honor to him. I want to pray with you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, before we go any further in this service, we just pause right now. And Lord, we say thank you. We say thank you for your goodness to us, your grace to us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that powers us and equips us. I'm thankful this morning, Lord, that the same Spirit that raised you from the dead is the same Spirit that quickens these mortal bodies. And Lord, I'm so thankful that you have a plan, a plan for each and every life that's in this room, each and every life that's listening to us by way of internet today. Lord, you have a purpose. Before we ever entered into the womb of our mothers, you knew us. You had a plan for us. Lord, today it's real easy for all of us to get off track. It's real easy for us to let somebody else do the lifting, so to speak, and then we hear what they say and we gravitate and we just say, well, that's it. and That's, that's gospel. That's what but Lord, sometimes that's not what you have for us. So, Lord, today I pray on this Sunday morning, Lord, that all of us would just pause and ask the question, Lord, are you really the one leading me? If we have hesitation about that answer, Lord, I pray that we would simply just say this, Lord, forgive us for getting off track a little bit. Lord, we want you to lead us and we want your Holy Spirit to be our guide. So today, Lord, as we stand in your presence, Lord, before we leave this house, we just pause. We ask that you would speak to the hearts of your people today. And Lord, as we get ready to go next door for times of fellowship, times of refreshing Lord let our conversations be conversations that glorify you and draw us closer together as individuals Lord before we do that we want to make sure that everything is well with us and you so today Lord if there's one under the sound of our voice that maybe has not yet surrendered their life to you today Lord, I pause and I speak to them this morning specifically. And I simply say, if you've not yet surrendered your life 
Today is the day of salvation. And I plead with you today to allow him to be the one that leads your life. Maybe you're in this room this morning and you'd also stand and say that, you know, I'm following the Lord, but I know that I've been distracted. I've let other things, I've let people's opinions maybe lead me and guide me. I've just taken things. I've not necessarily really sought the Lord for his direction. You would say, Lord, forgive me of that today. Lord, I pray for a fresh visitation of your spirit. That's you today, I pray that you would simply be bold to pray that prayer. Lord, forgive me. And Lord, now you lead me. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning just for a moment. You'd say, Pastor, you've, you've spoke to my heart this morning. God spoke to my heart today. Would you pray for me? I just need God to give me some direction and some guidance. I just need God to lead me in this season of my life. You'd say, I've I've heard the message. I've heard the still, small voice of God today. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand up and put it back down today? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here's what I want to do this morning. We're in no hurry. We have all afternoon. But for those of you that raised your hand today, it's not a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of being very real and honest and transparent with the people in this room, but most importantly before the Lord. I'm going to ask you to come, step out of your seat, stand in the front of this building. I want to pray with you today because I'm believing that God's going to speak to you. I believe he's going to give you direction. He's going to give you guidance. Maybe it's personal. Maybe it's ministry. Maybe it's business. Maybe it's deal with family. But I believe God wants to give you a freshness of the Holy Spirit today to bring you just a peace and a clarity. He wants to lead your life. So right now, I'm going to ask you, if you lifted your hands, even if you didn't lift your hand and you say you're talking to me this morning, would you come stand in the front of this building right now? We're going to pray together. Pray together. Hi everyone, thanks for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, and as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.